Are you an entrepreneur or a small business looking to take your brand to the next level? Then Visual Media is the service for you. Visual Media is a video production company who specializes in creating high-quality visual content for social media, websites, and online courses. Head over to Visual Media on Instagram and drop Resilience in their DM to get started. That's V-Z-U-A-L-M-E-D-I-A underscore to get started. What's up, everyone? This is Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown, the number one podcast for anyone looking to have a greater human experience. Okay. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of Resilience in Action with Aaron Brown. And our special guest today is Ann Visser. And thank you so much for joining us today. It's a great pleasure to be here with you, Aaron, on the Resilience in Action podcast. And I'm just honored to be here. Thank you so much. Um, so I have a little bit about um, your bio, certified John Maxwell coach for, um, and you've been helping people for, I'm going to say a little over 20 years. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful speaker. And you're a trainer um, at your your company for better forever. Yes, for better forever. Love it, love it, love it. So I won't butcher any more. I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I have been equipping individuals and organizations for over 20 years and uh, to help them communicate in a way that aligns with their values. So they're happy tomorrow with the way they communicated today. That's mm. the way I like to put it, right? We, when we when we don't communicate well, we're not happy with ourselves. And we have that little ticker tape in the back of our head saying, why did you say that? Like that wasn't a good thing to say. Why did you do that? Because sometimes we communicate with our actions, not just our words, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, as a a certified John Maxwell coach, speaker, and trainer, we co-founded For Better Forever over 20 years ago. We were non-for-profit for for many years. And then six years ago, we went for training uh, to be able to, and we received so many wonderful coaching skills through the Maxwell program, which I'm so grateful for. And so I've had the opportunity to teach uh, young people and singles and singles again with a course called How to Avoid Falling for a Jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which has been written by Dr. John Vanette, but I just love this program based on attachment theory. It's so good, Erin, so good. And now I teach that virtually as well. And I've had the opportunity to travel to Paraguay with John himself uh, to teach values-based leadership skills to junior high students. Oh, what a trip. Just loved being able to teach students uh, skills that will empower them for their future and heard about their dreams to be educators and soccer players because soccer is big in Paraguay. It was wonderful. And I've been gifted to teach um, addicts in recovery in our local jail and in a recovery home for addicts and to get to see them change from the inside out and to support their sobriety because relationships are so vitally important for all of us, but it's important for their sobriety to surround themselves with good people as it is for all of us to be surrounded with good people. And so fun fact, Aaron, Malis and I have been married for 42 years and together with his family, we live on uh, on a family farm in beautiful Prince Edward Island, Canada. And I'm the mom to five adult children and uh, 11 amazing grandchildren. Wow. You have, yeah. That's amazing. How was, how was, 
How was life as a grandmother? <laughs> it is so delightful. Yeah. Uh, that's the word. Uh, and in fact, during COVID, we weren't able to see our grandchildren that were here and we were, we were used to seeing each other frequently. Mm-hmm. And that, day that that first day when we were reunited I have this beautiful picture standing in our kitchen with my granddaughter just her arms wrapped around me and holding on we were both holding on for dear life (laughs) because we were so delighted to see each other again and that's kind of the picture of what it's like to be a grandmother oh I love that I love that that's got to be so such a rewarding feeling you know family is family is a lot Family is a lot. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do, Aaron, because um, Malis and I, my husband, his name is Malis, we uh, started out, we were passionately in love. In fact, by the way, I chased him at 15. I kind of started early. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I really wanted a date. He was so cute. (laughs) He was a leader in our school. There was something different about him. I was just drawn and so attracted to him. And so I shamelessly chased that man. Yep. And then three years later, we married. <laughs> wow. So the chasing, the the chaser and the chased became one three years later. We did. We I did. love that. And the photographer said to us on that day, I have never seen a couple look at each other the way the two of you look at each other. We were crazy in love. Crazy yeah. in love. I love and that. Then, Yeah. And then I was pregnant one month after we were married and very, very sick on the couch, sick, couldn't move, sick. Wow. And that's a rough way to start marriage. We discovered that later. We understood how rough that was. (laughs) And then we had five children in six years. Five children in six years. Wow. Wow. So my husband was new to farming and he was learning to farm and he often came home frustrated. Yeah. And then uh, I was busy, busy, busy with all these little needs from these beautiful little ones that we've been given. And so we had this ex- external pressure mm-hmm. in our marriage, but then we had these internal pressures because we didn't have the skills we needed to communicate well. And in fact, we avoided conflict, which now we know is detrimental to relationship. Mm. We thought we were doing a good thing by avoiding conflict. But what happens is resentment builds and builds and builds until somebody explodes. It's mm. not a good scene and it's not a good way to fight. Did <laughs> there that, is a good way. Did that fight. happen? Did that happen? Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> let's let's go Many, there. How did you navigate that? Many times over that happened. And I still remember the first fight we had. And uh, I, as a married couple, I slammed the door of the family room. And he looked at me and he said, I don't think we should be slamming doors when we're angry. It's <laughs> like, oh, oh, well, I hadn't thought about that. I thought that was a good way to express my displeasure with you. <laughs> and so that just, it aggravated us because we didn't have important conversations that we needed to have about respect, about division of, of uh, work in the, in the home, about coming home with attitudes of being frustrated, but then kind of the silent treatment is so hard to live with someone who's silent. And we both did it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't about him. It was about both of us not having skills we needed 
And so it, it, it kind of culminated with a moment when we were in our truck, farm truck outside our favorite restaurant. And I looked at him and I said, I can't do this anymore. Mm. He said, what do you mean you can't do this anymore? And I could see that panic in his eyes. I said, I can't do marriage like this anymore. I said, I'm so hurt. I'm so frustrated. We just keep going around and around the same old conversations, but we don't ever resolve anything. And he, something happened that night and it opened him up in a way that we hadn't talked before. And we had a pivotal conversation that night where he actually shared his hurt and his pain, which Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard. And I hadn't seen, by the way, either, because I think I was so wrapped up in our little ones and the needs of little ones that I missed what he needed Yeah, as he was missing what I needed. But that night we recommitted to each other. You talk about resilience. Resilience is, okay, this isn't working. What are we going to do differently? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is not working? And what are we going to do differently to make this work better? So we recommitted to each other that we're going to get the help that we needed. We recognized it, that we needed help to be resilient and we needed skills we didn't have. And we didn't even know what skills we needed. We just knew we needed help. And we said, we're going to get the help we need in order to get well. By the way, that was a conversation we had before we got married that we said, if we need help, we're going to get the help we needed. We should have said when we need help. That's what I I tell my people now. It's not (laughs) if, it's when. And I say, come go sooner for help than later. Don't wait until you're completely depleted. And then when you're in a relationship, when you're depleted, you, we hurt each other so Mm -hmm. badly. There's a whole lot of junk to work through, right? Before we can begin to build on skills. And so I say, go for help sooner. Don't wait like we did and get the help that you need in order to be good together. And so that's why I do what I do. We, we, when we start, we had new hope immediately, but then we had a whole lot of skills to learn and a whole lot of bumps along the road, which requires again, resilience to stick at it because wait a minute, we've just talked about this last week. We talked about this last month. Why are we talking about this again? Mm -hmm. Because that's life. (laughs) <laughs> yeah repetition <laughs> that's life and it's like an onion you it's it comes about in layers growth comes in layers it's you don't solve a problem with one conversation mm-hmm. you, we work at it and we need the resilience in order and the commitment to work at it again and again to unpeel that onion to get to the core of what our real issues are and our real challenges yeah. to build those skills along the way and that is what we had to do in order to get better. But then we looked at each other and we said, wait a minute, we can't keep this to ourselves. I always yeah. say, I, we- I've always said that knowledge is like magic. It's great to possess, but it's better when it's shared. Yes. Now that you have those skills and that, that knowledge and that information, like, I love that you said, wait a minute, we can't keep this to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. We said there has there has to be other couples like us who they're not toxic. Although I want to say I think we could have become toxic if we had of trap continued down that road yeah. because we were hurting each other. We were stabbing and wounding each other in the midst of not understanding how to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so I think we could have been toxic. But at this point, we weren't toxic. Um, 
And so we were just, I, I like to call us like a difficult couple that needed skills that didn't have the skills that we needed. And we said, there's got to be other couples like us that need skills like we did. Mm-hmm. Let's speak to those couples. And so as lay people, we began to host workshops and, and invite experts into the workshops to speak to couples about uh, how can we communicate more effectively and how can we be better together And then um, a counselor recognized the work that we were doing, and he invited us to work with his pre-married couples because there was more work than he could do. And so then a doctor recognized the work that we were doing, and he invited us to come in and uh, share space with him in his local office and to meet with couples one-on-one. And so it just kind of grew from there. And then we recognized, wait a minute, we need some training. Yeah. (laughs) We need help. (laughs) We need more than what we have, more than our experience, because couples are all different and they mm-hmm. all have different experiences. And so we went for the, the Maxwell. We continued to go for different trainings, but then we landed with the Maxwell training, which was incredibly helpful in learning to coach, learning to ask effective questions, learning not to make assumptions that they might be like us. They're, they're, they're different and they have different needs. And I love the coaching and the power of coaching. And when I'm sitting with a woman and asking her questions and they're just being quiet, mm-hmm. the power and the silence and allowing other people to think through where they are, what they might need. And they come up with such better solutions than I could ever come up with. <laughs> and so I love the power of coaching. I love that. I love that. Um, what? Oh man, we just covered so, so we just covered so much. Um, let's, how did you get into working with um, those who are going through like rehabilitation? How did that work begin? I landed on the doorstep of a non-for-profit and said, I'm here. I have these skills. Can I help? Like, what can I do? And I entered into a mentoring process with them. And uh, they taught me wonderful skills about how to let go and how not to hold on to and not to try and fix uh, people, but to give away the trainings that I have. And they recognized I had a lot of relationship expertise and invited me then to go into the jail with them and to teach that training how to avoid falling for a jerk and another program that we had written on communication called Be Curious, Not Furious. Mm. And because we, in our challenges, we get triggered and we explode. And so we wanted to help them bring down the calm. There were challenges there as well. So the jail, actually, the programming director there actually asked us to write a program for communication. And so that's that's what we did. And so partnering with this organization led us then to, we were recommended from this director to go into the home for addicts. And so it's just through partnerships and through relationships and other people seeing what we're doing and then saying, hey, come along with us and and work with us. And so we've also along that line partnered with other churches in our area Mm -hmm. to bring uh, marriage programs to strengthen marriages within those churches. And uh, that's been a wonderful partnership to be able to do that uh, in our own area, because most of my work is online. Actually, uh, most of my work now is currently online and brought my daughter then online six years ago to help me. And she uh, is my techie 
advisor and all the work that happens in the background. She's brilliant. <laughs> and I'm so pleased to be able to work with her. Uh, and you know, the interesting thing about that and, and speaking about resilience. Hey, hey, hey. Did you know I wrote a book? It's called The Value Method, Five Steps to Unlocking Your Greatest Potential. And in it, I share just that. Five wildly easy, actionable steps that will set you up to have a greater human experience daily. I've included interactive worksheets and small assignments at the end of each chapter. You're literally creating a living blueprint of your best life. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to purchase your copy and a copy for a friend. Uh, Erin, is that she is forever asking me for a story and she's taking me back. Mom talked to me about, say, resilience and she's taking me back. And so I'm sharing family stories with her about our relationship and about our family that I hadn't thought to share with our children. Mm. And that way we get to share resiliency. We get to share communication tips and what helps and what works with our children in a way that I hadn't thought to share. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity because now she holds that information that really worked for us. And that's why we call ourselves for better forever, because I believe that the changes that you and I make, it affects the next generation and that they actually stand on our shoulders. So it's not just about change for me, but it's for change for others as well. And I think leaders do that. We do that for our people. And I believe that everybody has potential to lead, to influence other people, and that we lead by sharing with others the good things that we've been given Mm -hmm. and the changes uh, I'm a woman of faith, so I really believe that God has brought about those changes and is a big part of our resiliency as well. I love that. I love that. What what skill, if you had to choose one, what skill do you think people need the most to become better communicators in their in their lives and their relationships? What a great question, Erin. I love this. <laughs> I believe it's the skill of being able to have pivotal conversations. Mm -hmm. So a pivotal conversation is what we had in our farm truck uh, when I said, I can't do this anymore. They're not always so big, but they are conversations that matter. Mm -hmm. And they are conversations that require some degree of vulnerability or some degree of honesty. It's going to be different depending on the place and the people. If it's at work, I say it's some degree of honesty, not necessarily deep vulnerability, right? But if it's with our closest people, it requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And that's what I we didn't know uh, in the beginning. We were only sharing at a very uh, low level of communication, yeah. for instance, where we're sharing facts or opinions. When you go deeper, you start to share your feelings and you start yeah. to share, well, this is what I need. And this is what I need from you. That's vulnerability. That's hard because if the other person doesn't like what we're sharing, they may turn away from us and that hurts. Yeah. And so it takes, it takes some courage to have these pivotal conversations, but I believe that they're paramount to be able to have them, to be able to do it well so that we don't let our emotions carry away from, carry away with us so that we speak up and we don't just want to keep the peace. I'm a recovering people pleaser. 
<laughs> which was part of the personal work I had to do in order to have pivotal conversations and not just want to keep the peace, but know when it was time to speak up. Because my tendency isn't that I would uh, speak up and let it all go. My tendency was to hold back <laughs> mm. and to want to keep the peace yeah. and to want to lean on the side of being too kind or what I say is too nice. Mm that I don't actually say what I need to say, what I mean to say uh, for the sake of peace. That's not helpful and yeah. not healthy. Love that. Love that. For the sake of peace. Wow. When, when do you think that you developed that skill? It did not start until that conversation in the truck. Mm -hmm. And then it was a long journey and I continue on that journey today. I really believe that life is, and that's why we need resilience. Life is not about learning a skill and you're done. Mm -hmm. These skills, we're constantly renewing them, refreshing them, unlearning the, the poor uh, skills that we've had and relearning new and healthy skills, which means both mindset changes and shifts and also means new actions and moving away from old habits that don't work for us into good habits that do work. And so when we're under it, so if we're hungry, angry, tired, uh, or if uh, for women, if it's that time of the month, mm -hmm. um, if we're having a hard time at work, if we had a really bad day, those skills kind of slip away from us. Yeah. 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 And then, but I always say that's a great opportunity to go within and to learn something new about yourself mm -hmm. uh, that you didn't know before and not to let that opportunity <laughs> pass us by, but to look learn something new about ourselves to have that new mindset shift about, okay, so that didn't work. What can work better? Yeah. I'm glad you said that it's a journey. This is something that I, I talk about a lot is knowing that the skills that we learn, um, the information we gather, it's all a process and we're forever learning and growing and figuring out new ways and different ways and different perspectives on how we can be and do better every single day. So I'm so glad you said, you know, this is a skill that I, that I, I kind of focused on at this point, but I'm still working on every single day, either, even up till today. That's mm -hmm. amazing. And that's, that's something that really sticks and really hits home, um, especially for our, for my listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. You know, two, the two first uh, lessons that I needed and that we needed together were that communication, there are different levels and we weren't communicating deeply. So then the skill was, okay, so how do we learn to communicate deeply? How do I deal with those mindset shifts that I don't want to be vulnerable with you right now because I'm not quite trusting you? Mm -hmm. Amazing how you can live with somebody for and he's a good man, live with somebody for a time and still not be vulnerable. That was about me, not about him. But then the other lesson that we needed and I needed was that conflict is the doorway to intimacy. Mm -hmm. Say more. So, not to be afraid to enter into a, a, a conflict because of the benefit of conflicting, because into me, you see. And so when we conflict well, I get to see into you and you get to see in 
to my heart. And then I discovered not only that, I get to see into me in a deeper way when we're in the middle of a conflict. I learned something new about me. I'm I'm fighting about this because it's important to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to pay attention to what is happening here. And so I encourage my women to, I work primarily with women and I encourage my women to check those emotions, Mm -hmm. see where you're at, what's going on. And we journal through some questions to understand what's happening inside of me so that we don't let our emotions actually sabotage a pivotal conversation before it even starts, you know, how we can be upset (laughs) and we can feel ourselves, you know, we're getting agitated. We're getting, we're getting upset. We're getting angry. We feel that resentment growing in me. What's going on here. Mm -hmm. And if we check emotions before we can enter into a conversation, a pivotal conversation in a way that I can actually see into each other rather than sabotaging it before we even start. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. What, what skill do most women have or what trait do you see that's very common that we can we need to unlearn and maybe implant a different something better in its place the women that I work with um are so incredibly kind Mm. They're so incredibly kind. And I think this is for the workplace too. And why we see so many male CEOs and, but it's in our personal relationships too. And I've seen very strong women actually cave within a personal relationship. And so we want to be too nice, but in being too nice, we lose ourselves and we hide behind either our partners or or our children. And we don't actually take responsibility to lead ourselves and our families and our in our workplaces. And so we lose that skill to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations. They're not comfortable. They're hard to do because they require some degree of honesty and vulnerability and because our emotions can just carry us away. And so then they've gone poorly in the past. And so we don't want to enter into them because we don't exactly have the skills to be able to either manage our emotions or to be able to communicate clearly and to be okay with saying, you know, I really don't like what just happened here Mm -hmm. in a way that actually can land better in the other person's heart. Because there's a way to say that, that lands better in a person's heart. And there's a way to start that conversation in a way that helps them to sit up and listen instead of turning away immediately because we've said it with so much emotion like, yeah. <laughs> that it comes off like an attack like coming at you. <laughs> and so it's kind of the two swings of the pendulum. It's like a cave and I don't say what I mean or what, or what I need to say, or it comes with so much emotion and velocity that it feels like an attack and the other person actually turns away. I think that's the biggest skill is how to kind of settle it down and steady it, steady our emotions to be able to enter into the conversation in a way and, and not go down any rabbit trails, but just kind of stick with the facts and say what we need to say and then have a better outcome to that pivotal conversation. Love it. Love it. That's amazing. The, the things that you learned about yourself, 
um, every single day, if you allow, if you're open enough, open enough, and you al- allow yourself to see, you know, the, see, see how you react and what triggers you. And instead of, like you said earlier, instead of, you know, running away from it, more turning inward and learning about those triggers and learning about those situations that may make you um, feel a way and figuring out how to, how to navigate that. I look at it like, um, like sandpaper, you know, you got to figure out how to, to take that grain down to the finest, uh, you know, smoothest surface so that you can operate um, with intention. Hey, 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 if you're enjoying this content, do not forget to rate and review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to rate and review. It helps us reach more people in more ways. Now, let's get back to some resilience. I think that's that's really, really, that's a key is operating with intention. And some of us get wrapped up in our emotions and we kind of lose sight. And like you said, going down those rabbit holes because it's so easy, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. a, it's like, (laughs) it's a, it's so easy to, well, this is going on and this is going on. Well, this has nothing to do with where we are. (laughs) Maybe what happened was we, this happened. And instead of saying something in the moment, you just, you're harboring it. Now this happened, you say something in the morning and now you're just collecting all these moments. So when you finally get to that point, you can just explode. And like you said, that's not, it's not good for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's not good for anyone. That's not good for everyone. You know, I remember a time when my, um, my adult daughter and I, we were sitting at the kitchen table and I was sharing with her a conversation that I needed to have with our son and he gives me permission to tell this story. And I, I just blurted out to her, I just don't trust him. Mm. <laughs> and my very wise daughter said, mom, that's awful. <laughs> you better check that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love it when our kids know better. <laughs> <laughs> I knew as soon as it was out of my mouth, I had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to my thinking chair because I knew I needed to think about this and I needed to journal through this to figure out why, where did that come from? Because mm-hmm. that's uncharacteristic for me. to talk about him that way. And I knew that wasn't who he was and she did too, right? This is, he's, he is trustworthy. So, and after I sat and journal through, I recognized that I was stuck back in 2005 when we had some challenges raising our son and um, it was hard, Mm -hmm. but he wasn't there anymore, but I was still kind of stuck back there. Gotcha. That kind of checking emotion that's what we do when we check emotion, because I would have sabotaged that conversation had I had it before. Yeah. I I wasn't even aware that that's what was going on inside my head until I did that check. <laughs> and so that's how easy it is, but how important it is to be, to move and to navigate with intention. Like you said, Aaron, I love those two words, navigate with intention. Um, that's how important it is because we don't want to sabotage those important conversations before that conversation that I had with him later. It was like so easy. <laughs> it was just 
a boundary that I needed to set. And he was more than willing to accept the boundary. And it was so easy, but it would have been really hard for both him and me, because I wouldn't, you feel the emotion of other people, right? And it would have been really hard. And I think I would have hurt him needlessly mm-hmm. if I had have had the conversation before I checked my emotions. Love it. That's great. I'm so, we're learning about, wow, we're just, we're just learning so much. We're learning about how to check in with ourselves. We're learning how to check in with the relationships that we're in around us. You know, we're learning how to navigate with intention and to really do things moving forward in a way that that serves us, that serves our highest selves. And and I think it's really, really important to get to a point where I don't think we'll ever fully, fully know exactly what that clarity looks like, but just to have a, a glimpse, an idea of this is not where I'm going to operate at. I'm no longer no longer going to operate in this on this level. I am no longer that person. Let's level up. You know, how do you feel about leveling up and, and just being better than you were the day before? <laughs> I we Hannah, Hannah, my daughter and I, Hannah, who works with me, we talk about being one percent better today. Mm-hmm. I love that thought <laughs> because <laughs> I can set really high goals for myself sure, and not meet them. And that can be very frustrating. And mm-hmm. so thinking about it day to day, we're going to be 1% better today. What do I need to do today in my relationship, in my business, in my work to be 1% better today? And so that's the one thing that I love to think about because it actually helps me to set my intention toward being better mm-hmm. and even just setting that attention toward being better it's like okay well one thing that i could do today is i can talk to somebody today uh, that i need to talk to about this important thing that really matters or one thing that i can do today if it's in my business is to talk to people that may need help today and and see that person as a potential uh client that i might be able to help and see that possibility and opportunity. I think what that 1% does for me, I know what that 1% does for me is it sets my intention to see possibilities Mm. and opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I, I, this whole conversation is just full of, of nuggets and gems and really, 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 I wouldn't even say small, but small action steps that we can start right now so we can become that 1% better you know mm-hmm. every single day and and these and i say small but i don't really mean small you know i don't know <laughs> how to another word for it not, it's not small because everything we do has you know some level of greatness to it you know so it's not small at all taking a taking a moment to step back and have that inner reflection, that's not an easy thing to do. Learning how to do that is not easy because we tend to, or I know I've grown up to move away, not, not really lean into that yeah, because of um, the vulnerability, you mm-hmm. know, or, or the lack thereof, or the lack thereof. 
of really, really open up, opening up to trust anyone, let alone trust myself. Mm. You know, that's something that we, I had to learn. We've had to learn every single day, Mm. every single day. Yes. How did you, what, how did you learn how to, to have those courageous and uncomfortable conversations with those people that you needed to have them with? (laughs) That very first pivotal conversation that I became aware of, I came out of that and I didn't die. Mm. (laughs) I, that, (laughs) that seems so, it's so big, but it's not because it's not, you think it's the end of the world. But it's not. <laughs> it's actually the beginning of a new, a new chapter, a new moment, a new, a, a new. Oh, gosh. It was. And there was so much hope. Like, immediately, we, we had new hope. Um, and I've seen it so often with my clients. And I say, you know, even, I say, even in a troubled marriage, you can't lose if it's a toxic marriage, you have to be careful that you don't get hurt mm-hmm. in physically, you know, we're talking about abusive marriage. We're not talking about that kind of relationship, but in a difficult marriage or you're really struggling and you're not doing well, like we were not doing, we, our marriage really crashed. We, Like I said, I can't do this anymore, mm. but I really couldn't lose because by having that pivotal conversation, number one, it defines where we are. It gave definition to where he was stepped up and said, okay, let's get the help that we need. So it defined where we were. And that definition is incredibly helpful because even if your partner says, I'm done, that's helpful because you know where you are and you know that you can move from there. Either you work to save your marriage, which I've seen people do, or you work to move away from that marriage or that relationship because you know that or you are not willing to put in the fight that it requires to rebuild it. So it's incredibly helpful to have these very difficult pivotal conversations mm-hmm. because they help us move forward in some way. They create a shift and that's why we call them pivotal. They create a shift or a change in some way. Not always the way we might like it, but it gives us definition so we know how or how to begin to take the next step to move. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And how can we support you? How can we find you and where can we find you on social media and on the internet? Oh, thanks for asking, Erin. I have a free resource. Can I give that to your people? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We've been talking about pivotal conversations and if you, you're on audience and someone in your audience says, okay, I've been putting this off and I know I need to have this. Uh, We have this free resource to help. It's called the seven day challenge and it will help you get ready. As we were talking about, it'll help you get ready for that next pivotal conversation. So each day we send out a short video and a short action step, a love taken action to help you prepare step-by-step for that pivotal conversation. You know, you need to have, and you want to have, even though you're afraid to have it, right? (laughs) Like we've talked about earlier. Uh, So you can pick up that seven day challenge at forbetterforever.com 
forward slash challenge. And that for better forever is the numerical number four. And that really is the best way to stay in touch with me because when you sign up for that seven day challenge, you can also sign up for my weekly email and get on our email list. And it's called the Tuesday Brew with Anne. And I love my coffee, Erin. <laughs> And so we share, oh, yay, I've already had my two cups here. <laughs> and we share weekly communication tips there to help you communicate in a way that aligns with your values. I just think it's so important to communicate in a way that we're happy with so that tomorrow I'm happy with the way that I communicated today. Love that. I love that. That's amazing. I'll, I'll make sure to put, because uh, I think you added the hyperlink so I'll make sure I add that in the show notes so we know how to get in contact with you and see how many people can get on that seven day challenge. I'm going to take yes. it myself. Yes. I'm going to take it myself. Oh, let me go. Uh, let me know how it goes, Aaron. Absolutely. I absolutely will. Um, I won't keep you too much longer, but I have one final question for you. Sure. What if you had to boil it down? I know we spoke about it earlier and we've been speaking about it so much. Um, but what does resilience mean to you? Resilience means the commitment to keep going. Mm -hmm. It means failing and getting up again and learning and moving and taking action to move toward the goal. For relationship, my goal is connection. Mm -hmm. And so it's to move toward that goal. Resiliency in action means failing and uh, falling and learning, growing, and then moving on. Um, and it means getting uncomfortably comfortable with mm. failing. Yes. <laughs> yes, it absolutely does. Failure is, I always say that, do you, do you really fail if you, if you find a way and you keep going? Mm -hmm. I, I like, like, did I fail at something because I stopped trying, mm -hmm. you know, because there's always, there's all, and, and you know what, sometimes there isn't, and that's absolutely okay. And becoming mm -hmm. okay with sometimes there isn't a way, yes. um, as long as you can lay your head on your bed at night or your pillow at night and know mm -hmm. that you did everything that you knew mm -hmm. how to do mm -hmm. as for yes. action. Yes, that's resilience in action. I love it. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and information and, and spending some time with us today. It's been a pleasure to meet you, Erin, and to be here on the Resilience in Action podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate and review. And remember, resilience in action will always lead to a greater human experience.